Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Rich Dotson. He's Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going good. We're remote. Uh, Matt's not here. It's sick. He's sick. Hence why we're remote. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of nice. You know, I'm just sitting here by myself, which is good because I'm exhausted. Yeah. I mean, it's look, it, the convenience of technology to allow us to still be able to do this is awesome, but you do lose a little bit of the magic. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's, it's you know, I'll watch Disney World videos after this, getting all there back. You go. Make a Tinkerbell it. flying around. I'll bring it back to me. <laughs> no, it was a long weekend, man. I went to New York, uh, had a little guys weekend, went a little bender. So, uh, just carried over now for that Browns game on <laughs> Sunday. Oh, my Atlanta. Uh, dude, what a big win for uh, my Cleveland Browns. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited. Uh, I had a friend, and they were like, don't talk bad about the Ravens on your podcast. I was like, you're out, you're out of your mind. Of course dude. I would talk bad about the Ravens. My team, I, is, my team has a small chance to be tied for the number one seed after this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think people outside of Cleveland understand how badly it hurts that a team was a Cleveland team and then taken from us and then won a Super Bowl. Like yeah, not too far after. You're right. That hurts. Yeah. So she, I just, I don't like them. I never no, will. Never will. <laughs> I was like, listen, I can like players on the team. Like I'm a big JK Dobbins fan. I like Mark Andrews. Sure. Respect the heck out of Lamar, but like the team itself. Nope. Ah, just fall in the ocean. That would have to re- relocate. Like not like the team with the players, you know? Like, right. Uh, we were talking last week, like you get uh, happy when people don't succeed. Or, right. <laughs> I hope that stadium falls into a body of water somewhere. Random we were, sinkhole. What? So we were weird. like, what are your thoughts on global warming? I'm like, how close is the Raven Stadium <laughs> to the beach? <laughs> flood the dams. Wait, no, is it flood the dams or break the dams? Yeah, break the dams. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the flood's behind the dams, right? Right. Both, both work. I, I don't even give a damn. Uh, so big week this week though, no injuries, no major injuries, uh, probably could be the healthiest week we saw all year. Yeah. There's a, there's a few guys here and there, but not too many super, superstars, and not too serious for those that were injured. So it's, I mean, what it really means is that next week we're just going to get just crushed with injuries probably, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of mild injuries this week. And a lot of players coming back. We'll talk about that on the uh, newly uh, installed uninjury report that Matt Matt brought to us last it's week. It's too good not to keep going. It's, it's too just, good. You know, the way the show's evolved over the last 10 years is like something just pop up and stick around a while. You they know? do. You whether never be, know. Whether, whether it be a pair of crystal balls, uh, <laughs> whether it be a hashtag. Maybe it's a, it's a word or a sentence I can't pronounce. <laughs> or mispronounce. I was sitting here today and I was like, I can't believe I got dysentery wrong uh, last week. Like sometimes I just go away. I'm like, and I'll, I'll know what I'm talking about. And I go after a show. I'm like, ah, it's because my brain's racing too fast. I got too much stuff going on in this noggin. But yeah, it's a big week when the uninjury reports. So we got some players to talk about. A lot of quarterback talk on this show. Yeah. Uh, and then the Nerd Herd show, we're going to jump right in and talk about what? Nerd Herd questions? So it's, it's basically an AMA for us. I, I put it to the Nerd Herd and I was like, hey, We'll answer some trade questions, but it doesn't have to be trade questions. Anything that you guys want to know. So we have a, a 
some philosophical dynasty questions as well to uh, to get to to answer. So uh, I always I always enjoy those mailbag type of episodes because uh, it gets our brains going in different directions that we wouldn't have even normally thought to go. Oh, I think they're fantastic episodes. When people sometimes are here, like, oh, this is a listener question show. Like, those could be some of the best shows because the information it draws out. And, and you get that raw, natural reaction because there's no prep to it, right? Like, right. You're, just, you're answering people's questions. I'm not laying down analytics. Those analytic guys, they'll sit there and study and give you numbers all day. All I care about is W's, and that's what I do here. Let's bring those W's. The, the, the funny thing is, one of the questions uh, is, is a clear W for you. So you'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see what uh, one of the one of the questions that was asked. Hey, Dynasty nerds! It's time to take your dynasty game to the next level with FFPC's Dynasty Startup Leagues. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started, FFPC has a league for you with entry fees ranging from $100 up to $5,000. Choose from a variety of formats, including Superflex. Best Ball Superflex, Triflex, 1QB, and Standard. With weekly lineups, waivers, trades, head-to-head matchups, and playoffs, FFPC's fully managed leagues provide the ultimate dynasty experience. Most importantly, the leagues are here to stay. FFPC has never had a dynasty league fold. They manage the entire commissioner experience from buy-in management to fulfilling your orphans. FFPC is perfect place to expand your dynasty league portfolio. And here's the best part. As dynasty nerds listener, you can get $25 off any entry fee as a new member when you use the promo code NERDS. Head over to myffpc.com now to draft your team, manage your roster, and dominate your league with FFPC. That's myffpc.com. Promo code NERDS for $25 off any entry fee for new members. FFPC, where dynasty dreams become a reality. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, I can't wait. Is it about like, maybe like my handsomeness, maybe? Uh, surprisingly enough, your athletic ability. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, what? what? <laughs> Didn't see it coming, but I love it. Listen, just because I like take care of myself and I look, I look, <laughs> I look back and I remember like, so I never played organized baseball. And I, after I got back from Ohio State, like I got asked to be on a softball team. And like back right when I got Ohio State, like it's probably the most in shape I've ever been, right? Like just, you know, I was just jacked. I yeah, worked college. out all the time with Matt, you know. And I, I came back on this team. And I remember my first at bat, like I never played organized baseball. And I remember everybody turned around and like, back up, back up. And I'm like, man, that's, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive this ball over the fence. I popped it up to like the pitcher. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It was bad. It was my first and last. At least year you made contact and didn't swing and miss. Yeah, I never realized how hard baseball was. Uh, attempting to play for the first time at 23, when you never played when you're a little because you didn't have a dad to play catch with you, <laughs> or whatever side get signed up for uh, organized sports. I, I didn't realize like you actually had to know how the ball came off the bat, where to go in the outfield, and people were just like they were, they'd yell at me back or forward, and I would just listen in, just listen to them. Yeah, to say I was uh, the worst player in the team. 
may or not be a, not be accurate. I, don't know. I will neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. Well, we'll get to but, discuss that uh, a little bit more in the nerd herd. <laughs> no, we won't. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk myself. This is different. That was 20 years ago, dude. I'm 44 now. I'm probably way more athletic than I was back then. I there have you kids. go. That's usually how athleticism works. Usually, as you age, you get more athletic. Yeah, yeah. Cause I had kids. I had two <laughs> boys, and I would like, I would watch that. I would take them to practices, and I that's would. Go, that part's fair. That part. I would fair. play catch with them, baseball, football, and it, you know them themselves. You know, toss them up, catch them, make sure they don't hit the ground. There you go. Yeah, I do it with my niece and nephews. I scare my sister-in-law's death because I toss them like as high as I possibly can. <laughs> I'm so confident in these mitts. Look like, at that. Humans. Like, I'm not going to let a human drop. There you go. You should try out. This is a little raven. <laughs> so let's get Garrett, enough enough about my past. Can we get into some of these injury updates? Yes, let's get into our present on this show. Uh, like we said, only a few to go over. Michael Thomas, he had a weird weekend just in general uh, off the field as well. But uh, MCL sprain, looking like a two to three week recovery. He's not somebody that you've been uh, starting with confidence necessarily, but he's been a flex play type of guy this year. It looks like he's going to miss a little time. I don't think this moves the needle much uh, as far as anything other than maybe A.T. Perry getting involved a little bit more. Yeah, A.T. Perry actually played a ton of snaps. Um, had a, Didn't have a lot of catches. I think it was only two catches, but he did score the touchdown, the rookie A.T. Perry there for New Orleans. And, you know, I think we'll talk about Derek Carr next, but you go back to Michael Thomas is a flex play at best. I mean, he's he's been a shadow of himself. Um, we talked about this a couple of years ago when we were talking to, like, Vig and Alfredo. Um, I believe that's who it was at the Fantasy Football Expo. And they told, you know, because uh, Vig's a doctor, I believe, He's like, yeah, this this foot injury is not good. Like, it's hard to come back and be good ever again. And, you know, he's been, if you look at his stats over the years, you, you have these monster, monster, monster from his rookie year on, and it just fell apart. And I know his injury, but, yeah, he's done. So for a chance for A.T. Perry to come in and play, like, 85% of the snaps, and it didn't turn into a lot of production outside of that touchdown, Jameis Winston came in and kind of moved that ball a little bit. So... For, you know, if that if that's going to carry over after buy, if Derek Carr's going to miss some time for the concussion, maybe everybody uh, takes a step forward. Maybe the Rook can get out there. Maybe we'll see uh, Juwan Johnson if he still exists. And, yeah. of course, Alave had his best game all year with that fantastic catch in the end zone. It, it was a beaut. Almost like he was trying to ride a bike in the air. It was pretty sweet. And, uh, yeah, so for me, I think the biggest news out of the Michael Thomas injury would be Hey, let's see if there's another guy like a rookie, like AT pair that could step up here and kind of establish himself maybe as a fancy football asset. Yeah, you already mentioned Derek Carr. Uh, he's going to be out with a concussion. And there's also reported something going on with the shoulder. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But they got their bye week this week. Uh, so, so for both of these guys, you weren't getting them this week anyway. Uh, but Jameis Winston, definitely somebody that could be, uh, could be a pretty interesting play. Uh, if you know, if Derek Carr does miss some time, yeah, and Derek Carr right, right now got to you know, go right into him has a concussion, has a shoulder injury. Uh, the biggest news there is like Jameis came in, and you know, Jameis does what Jameis does, he'll throw some yeah. uh passes to have you scratching your like noggin a little bit. Uh, but he had a he, the, he moved the offense, right? The offense was moving and it was a spark, and yeah, we'll see that with a lot of backups. But you know, Jameis is somebody that's always been able to push the ball downfield and throw for big yards. 
And even that pass he had to Lave with that amazing catch, that was a really good throw for him to put the ball um, there for him to come down with it. So interested to see how this all plays out. Like, is there any spot at all? Can Derek Carr lose his job to Jameis Winston would be insane. But that offense with those weapons that they have, they've got to move the sticks. Right. And they're just not doing it right now. Uh, so we'll see what happens Derek Carr. Again, a bye week. And it, it, it's funny because a lot of these injuries are players that are going into bye weeks. Yeah, it they is. Even like Taylor Heineke, which is kind of like maybe that hamstring, maybe it's up in the air. Maybe it's not. Uh we won't know for two weeks. The only person we know for sure will probably miss more after their bye is probably Michael Thomas with the MCL sprain. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Baker Mayfield real quick. We're actually going to talk about him quite a bit on this episode, so I don't want to get into everything with him just yet. Uh, but injury-wise, uh, he did hurt his thumb. Sounds like he came down, hit his thumb on a helmet. He did finish the game, though, but it was mostly just run plays running out the clock. The severity at this point is unknown, but it doesn't seem like there's too big of a concern uh, for Baker Mayfield. Anything that you're worried about there? I mean, just if he can go hitchhiking or not. Yeah, that's that's I important. It it is. I mean, if you gotta get A to B, you got no automobile or money. That's that's your number one way of transport. Unless you're gonna hop on a train and become a hobo. But no, I'm not worried about it at all. Um Baker's looked really good this year, continues to look good. We mentioned every single week because I'm a Baker bro and that's what right. I do. Uh so no, I'm not concerned about him at least bit. Uh Alexander Madison, concussion. Uh Ty Chandler came in. Uh, during that time, somebody that we liked a decent amount in his rookie tape. We thought he or Dwayne McBride, who Dwayne McBride, not even on the team anymore, but we thought one of those two guys could have a shot to maybe unseat Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler made the most of his opportunity. We'll see if he gets kind of the full complement of the workload. Obviously Cam Akers now out with that Achilles. So he's going to have a shot to maybe be the guy next week. And if he does well enough in that opportunity, it could be the beginning of the end of Alexander Madison. Yeah, these backup running backs this year that got the the starter contract, you know, the Tony Pollard, the Alexander Madisons, uh, they've been absolute duds. Duds, which like we we said before, like we don't see many guys come out here that were backups outside of like Austin Eckler and Michael Turner. If you're not from L, if you're not from the Chargers, the odds of you being a successful running back after the starter leaves is almost zero percent, right? So um, yeah, Madison, it's it's somebody you're gonna get in there. He's averaging, I think, right around like 11 points per per game. So he he's not a complete disaster, but his his dynasty value is almost nil again, right? He'll go back to the guy that's a solid backup. That if he gets his opportunities, he's gonna help you out. But I don't think the running back of the future is here. So I am excited someone to see Ty Chandler. I will say after watching Ty Chandler and in a little a bit amount of him, like I haven't been overly impressed for like a long term value. He's solid. You know, he's viable in a massive game. But, like, if he does anything at all in this game, for me, I would probably look at that as an opportunity to sell, right? Like, sure. it, you know, the narrative will be like, oh, does Ty Chandler now hold on to that job? Which, at, at, at worst case scenario for Madison, is they're splitting carries. There's no takeover, which makes them both useless at that point. Sure. So, like, I think a Ty Chandler good game almost, you know, hobbles both of these when it comes to value. So if that does take place this week, I'm not waiting for the show to come out. I'm immediately going out there and find somebody that needs a running back and offering to see if I can get a second, a third round pick. If I can just, if I can give you Ty Chandler in my third and move up in the second, that's kind of a move that I'm looking to do. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, not a lot of other injuries really to discuss anything that 
that you want to touch on, or should we get to the uninjury report? Yeah, that's where all the juice is, so let's get there. This this injury report's been the most, which is great news, by the way. Like, we don't right. want to get hurt. So this has been the best injury report we've had for 10 weeks. Yeah, absolutely. But lots and lots of exciting names on the uninjury report. So guys that were expecting to come off injury this week. So I'm going to read them all, and then we'll go back real quick. So Justin Fields, Devon A. Chan, Pat Fryermuth, Khalil Herbert, Traylon Burks, Matthew Stafford, and possibly Justin Jefferson. So a lot of names there. Let's start with uh, the quarterback, Justin Fields. He's missed almost a month now uh, with that that hand injury. Might have been able to play this week. It was up in the air. They ended up deciding not to have him go. Bajent, Rich, tell me what you think about this. I think the the media and, and fantasy owners were just really, really anxious to find the next Brock Purdy. And all I kept hearing about was how good Tyler Bajit was. While he had like three touchdowns to six interceptions, the the Thursday night people were like, well, you know, next year it could be Fields, but it could be Bajit. Like I never I've I haven't understood any of it, but we're we're getting Justin Fields back. What are your thoughts on him moving forward the rest of the season? What are you looking to see out of him? Can he keep this job? What are you thinking with Fields? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, let me tell you about our friends at Sleeper. Guess what? Our app is the mini is live Ooh. on Sleeper right now. The Dynasty so GM, pretty. you use the analyzer, that you can use nice. the, uh, the, the trade calculator. And my favorite thing is the inbox, right? Where all your trades from all your Sleeper leagues are right there. You can actually push trades through the actual sleeper at and right now we could be more excited to be partners with them and right now if you don't know they are doing dfs and i know how many people that play dynasty play dfs as well and right now there's not a better place to play dfs than sleeper they're offering up to a hundred times their, your entry the highest payout in the whole dfs market right now you can track your fantasy players and your sleeper picks in real time all you gotta do is choose two to eight of your favorite players from pregame live in-game, or even across different sports. Pick more or less than predicted stats, and only on Sleeper you can get up to 100 times your payout. You can share with your friends and get rewarded together. Make sure you use that promo code NERD so our friends know that friends sent them their way. Um, (laughs) And get your deposit match and have a good time. You have all your DFS, all of your fantasy leagues, and now even a Dynasty GM in one spot is fully operational inside Sleeper right now. And then when you're a NerdHerd member, you get that full access to that. And remember, you also want to download the Dynasty Nerds app because they're both in there. Check it out. Check our friend Sleeper. Check out a DFS. Use that promo code NERDS. Get your whole estate. Set. <laughs> uh, yeah, right out on Bajan. Like this guy, he should just be happy that his name was in the tabloids and he got to go out there and play some NFL football. Cause he is not a long-term asset. Right. Um, I don't even honestly know if he's a long-term asset at a backup quarterback, but maybe, I mean, we'll see he was those guys fine. come and go. He's just okay. Yeah. Uh, as far as Justin Fields go, I mean, we've got to get back on the field. 
He has to, I mean, from this game forward, for the next seven weeks, he has got to play lights out football for him to have any chance whatsoever to be the Bears starting quarterback in 2023. And that's not even a diss on Justin Fields. Sure. It's more of the odds of the Bears having a number one overall pick that now that Kyler's back there in Arizona, you know, it's not even on the Bears. It's on Fort. What sucks is Justin Fields doesn't even have an opportunity to push to pick down because Carolina is so bad that the Bears are going to end up with Carolina's first pick. Like, we're going to find ourselves in a situation where like the bears aren't going to be able to pass up, whether it be Drake may, whether it be Caleb Williams, and we'll talk about Caleb Williams later as well. So he, if anything, he needs to go out there and ball out and show that he could be that, you know, Atlanta Falcons quarterback, um, that he can go out there and be the quarterback for another franchise, uh, whether it be the New York jets, whether it be any other team out there, uh, that can use a quarterback. And there's many of them because, the quarterback market right now is still, it's in flux. I mean, the Vikings might need a quarterback next year, and they got a good team. He showcased himself for a lot of different teams out there, and he's an exciting uh, prospect that we've seen grow, and we've seen him succeed outside of just his running ability as well, like him pushing the ball downfield, that rapport with DJ Moore. And you know, and maybe, I'm not saying 100% no, you don't take Caleb Williams. If Justin Fields can show us enough, you know, maybe can hold on that, and the Bears can go back-to-back back and get huge hauls again and really build around Justin Fields. Cause I would love to see them really beef up that offensive line. Yeah. I would love to see them get a dynamic running back uh, in that offense. I would love to see them add another receiver to JJ Moore, DJ Moore. You need yeah. two receivers out there. So for me, I mean, if there's any, I'll say this about, here's, here's the best thing I can say about Justin Fields and dynasty. When the moment comes that the news breaks that, the Bears are probably going to draft a quarterback and look for trade partners of Justin Fields. I'm using that window to buy a dip. Is that mm. the best way to say it then? Yeah. Because I still believe in a player. I mean, no need to pussyfoot around here and, and, and go through why and all these different scenarios. If that happens, then I'm doing that. And if there's any window to buy Justin Fields now, I'm still doing that because you can look at this as where it's a win-win. We're like, Justin Fields loses his job, but it's not because of Justin Fields. It's just they found themselves sure. a prospect they couldn't pass up on. If he stays, they will have so much draft capital to build around Justin Fields. Yeah. And he did enough for them to believe in him, to build around him with all that draft capital. So that's a win-win situation. As we've seen his ADP drop here every single week, I wouldn't be surprised that Kyler Murray uh, jumps him here very soon as well for how good he looked. I think it's probably, you know, a good buy window for Justin Fields. And definitely when you're playing Superflex, the number one, you're, like you're always looking for buy windows, but anytime there's a buy window on a young quarterback at all, you have to risk it, right? You have to jump in there and, and get it. So that's how I view Justin Fields here as we enter week 11 of the fantasy football season. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And look at what he did the last two games before his injury. He had the number three overall quarterback finish and the number one overall quarterback finish on the week. So like two legitimate, legitimate finishes. And it wasn't because of his rushing ability. It was because he threw for four touchdown passes in each one of those games. So he was taking that next step forward. 
and how quickly we forget about that. So I'm 100% with you. I think this is uh, offering maybe a potential buy window down the road. Obviously, while he was out, was a little bit of a buy window too. But I am still in. I think he's absolutely the starting quarterback for somebody next year. And it's it's only going to be an improved situation like you mentioned. It's either improved on the Bears because of all the draft picks or they go to somewhere with more weapons and a better offensive line. There's not too many situations he could go right now where it would be a worse situation for him offensively. Let's move on to the next guy. I know he's a personal favorite of yours uh, and, and the shows in general. Devon Achan, he was looking like an absolute world beater uh, those, those three, four games before his injury. He did sustain that injury. It was always a slight concern with somebody that was a little bit smaller like him, but he comes back and I mean, right now we obviously that he's missed some time, but right now in your rankings, how many running backs do you want over Devon Achan? Not many. I mean, he's to me, he's in that Jonathan Taylor realm, right? Like you can go either way. Like if you are like, Hey, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. Cool. You know, I'd have no problem taking honestly Devon Achan over Taylor. Um, I'd have no problem years. whatsoever. Yeah, because you're, you're all when it comes to running backs, you're always chasing years, right? That second contract is kind of like a negative um, in dynasty. So you're always chasing those years. You want that first contract. You want that first window. You wanna you want a dynamic offense, like a guy that can you know surpass that first contract because of what they do and how they play and the offense they're in. You know, the Alvin Kamara's, uh, the Austin Ecklers, those guys that can kind of surpass and outlive into that second contract. And for me, that's what HN is. And I mean, yes, was it a small window? Of course. This is a guy who, you know, despite only playing in four games and only three with real usage, Gary, he's still running back 27 in PPR leagues. Hilarious. Still running back 27. And... Yes, it's only three games, but like I don't just go off those three games. I go all off all the tape I watch. You know, like I got a lot of pushback when I went on. I came on the show and I said Devon Achan's my number four overall player, yeah. and people are like, "How can you put him ahead of Kincaid? How can you put him ahead of Jordan Addison? How can you put him ahead of Quentin Johnston? How can you put him ahead of Zay Flowers?" And I was like, "He's a dynamic running back," and I know it, it, it's weird how I look. I view some of these rookie drafts too because. I know the wide receiver is the long-term play in dynasty and during startups, I, I flip it, right? Like I want, I want those young receivers mm -hmm. in dynasty. And it's why, you know, my number one strategy in dynasty during startup is the fade running backs be totally okay. Grabbing some of those old guys, like, you know, the Joe Mixons um, guys that have a couple years left into their contract, even a guy like Alvin Kamara and, and attacking, because now when I get to my rookie draft, I get attacked the young the running backs because young running backs are gold, right? Like when A-Chan was cruising there, you could have got Jordan Addison plus, Easy. For Achan, you know, yep. he's putting you to category to go out there and get the Devonte Smiths, you know, the young receivers. So even though they're the most fluid position on your roster, they are also one of the prospects outside of the superstar wide receiver. One guys are under the age of 26. They're going to be your best bang for buck on return. Because uh, there, there's so many more few of there's so few of them. And he's looked so dynamic in that offense. Raheem Mostert's been carrying the load out there. They've been using Salvin Ahmed. I know Jeff Wilson's back, but you got to think that Mike McDonald has got to be absolutely ecstatic to get this weapon back and put him in this offense because the, listen, the dolphins haven't won a game since October. Yeah. So it's been a while. They can use some juice 
And HM brings a lot of that juice to the offense. So I'm a, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, ecstatic. We talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. Will HM still finish, finish as a wide receiver one? And I do believe so. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's absolutely that guy. We, we mentioned it on the show right after he was drafted. There wasn't a more perfect hand-in-glove fit with a player and a scheme than HN and the Dolphins. That has not changed. Uh, he's going to be an absolute stud from here on out. Uh, next couple guys, not as big of a deal, but does have a little bit of impact. Pat Fryermuth does come back, uh, which which takes a, a, a target or two away from guys like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, which there's not a lot of quality targets to go around there in Pittsburgh right now. Uh, in, uh, in, in Kenny Pickett's career, I think he's played like, 28 games and has 15 touchdown passes. So not a lot going on there. So it's just another mouth to feed. Uh, I don't really see much else other than that because he's not somebody I really want to start at the moment. No, he, he's a wait and see. Yeah. Uh, cool. yeah I mean, his dynasty value doesn't change. You know, he's right there in that middle. The high, like, I mean, Titan 11, Komet, 12, Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you really looking at here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Khalil Herbert comes back. He'll he'll be joining Justin Fields uh, at the same time. We've been seeing Dante Foreman. He's actually been really, really good uh, for fantasy football purposes. So that is probably going to muddy things because they were also using using Roshan Johnson a little bit in the passing game. Unfortunately, I think it almost gets to the point where I'm not sure I can start any of them because there's just too many mouths to feed in that backfield. Do you have a better gauge on that than I do? I, yeah, I would wait and see how that all pans out. I mean, obviously, the biggest loser is Roshan Johnson, yeah. um, if anything tips up, because I, th- I think Foreman's done too much to lose it. And that's the thing. Like, has Foreman done enough to lock himself in as the majority carry guy? But, you know, Khalil Herbert was a starter beforehand. A lot of times, teams don't like to let people lose their job for injury, so Herbert should get an sure. opportunity to come in there and still produce. So we'll see how the snapshare pr- plays itself out. But like you said... It's kind of risky. I'm certainly not going out there and throwing uh, Khalil Herbert into my starting lineup. Doesn't mean I wouldn't necessarily, depends on the situation with bye weeks and how my team looks, be afraid to put Deontay Foreman still back into my flex spot. Okay. Uh, Traylon Burks, he's had a rough season overall, uh, but does get the the, the big-armed quarterback now who's cooled off a little bit since his early, uh, early stuff there. But Traylon Burks, the concussion, Dealing with some other little nagging things. Sounds like he's going to be back fully good to go, but another one that more of a wait and see at this point, not somebody you can really trust at the moment. Uh, Matthew Stafford's back probably this week, uh, which is really good news for that offense because guys like Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, uh, not nearly as usable as we've seen without Matthew Stafford there. Oh, yeah. He's a driving force. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And – I mean, what do you, there's not a lot to say here. I mean, he's got Cooper Cup. He's got Puka. Puka's taking a big step down. But even Stafford, I mean, it's not like Stafford's even then still lighting a word on fire. He still hasn't scored 20 points in a game all season. Right. So, to me, if my quarterback can't give me these couple of 20-point games, then that's a huge problem. So, if, if, if it, for Stafford, it might be one of those windows where, you know, we've seen so many quarterbacks get lost to injury this year. We've seen a lot of people flounder. This might be, with him coming back, might be the last best chance you have to sell him in a Superflex League for a return. 
I mean, because what would you take for Stafford right now? Like, if you're like, you're not really in it at this point. You're you're like the fifth, you know, in fifth place. You have long shots to make the playoffs. Even if you do get in the playoffs, you're probably not going to cause any damage. So, sure. like, you're trying to offload points. Would you be hat? Would you be okay with like a mid second and super flex for Stafford, or would you want a little bit more? Because I know I feel like I would want more than just a second. But you, I feel like you have a hard time getting a first. Yeah, I don't think you're able to get a first. I think I would. I think I could settle for a mid second, but that would be the absolute lowest. Uh, but I'd I'd be trying hard to get a higher second or a mid second, and then a little bit of extra on top. Yeah, with, with how strong this draft class is, when you get right around pick like probably eight through twelve. You know, every pick that goes by will probably be a pretty crucial pick when you're actually on the clock. They're like, oh, you just missed out on a guy. Um, we'll see how it sh- shakes out. So I wouldn't be opposed to, hey, man, I'll give you my second, which is going to be like four in the second. And if I give you staff, you're probably going to win. So you got to butter him up a little bit, you know, make him feel good about himself. Uh, you know, your pick is probably going to be 112. So you're only moving down a couple spots. Like, that's the move I would want to make. I would love right. to get kind of up there a little bit higher. You know, if you're tight and premium, there'll probably be a very good quality tight end there. Maybe a couple of running backs that fall down because his receiving class is so deep. And if not, there'll certainly be a receiver there because depending on my quarterbacks come out, they're really going to push some talent back down in this draft this year. So there will be some talent there. And maybe we'll find another Will Levis, right, who went up very back in the first and top of the second where – you know, that's kind of where we had him in our rookie rankings. We were taking him right there at 112, mm-hmm. 2 1, 2 2. And that's shown to be really good value, too. So maybe we have a jab at another quarterback as well. So for me, I, I, I would much rather kind of try and do that, move up a couple spots than even just take a random stack, stab in the dark at a second, uh, which, again, that's the worst case scenario that I would probably take for him. All right. Last guy in the uninjury report. We might be getting back Justin Jefferson this week. It's interesting. The Vikings uh, had one win or two wins. It wasn't a lot with Justin Jefferson there. Since Justin Jefferson's been out, they have won every single game. Uh, So kind of an odd stat there, but obviously they're very excited to get him back. He's the best receiver in football. I I mean, he's holding his team back, so I don't even know. (laughs) Maybe he's not. Yeah, and I want to apologize. I said last week on the show that Josh Dobbs was not good. I said on the show, I was like, Garrett, have you even watched all the tape? Like, he's not good. He played... He played fantastic um, in an SRO. So I uh, I was wrong. You know, Dobbs looked good enough there where he should at least get an opportunity to quarterback. Well, he will be the quarterback for the rest of the year, but sure. let's see how far they go. If they can keep winning and get Justin Jefferson back, maybe he'll have an opportunity to go in and be the quarterback next year as well because I think he's starting really to deserve it. You know, I, I don't care about all the hype of like, oh, look, he came in here and in two weeks he did this. That, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's about how you get out of there on a play. He made some really good plays on the move, getting outside the pocket, avoiding the pressure, driving the ball downfield, good accuracy, good power on his arm as well. Uh, a lot of things that I did I really haven't seen a ton of out of Josh Jobs, to be honest with you. It figures I come out here and say this guy's no good whatsoever. He goes out there probably at the best. Might have been the best game I've seen him play. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's exciting time. Anytime you get Justin Jefferson back, many dynasty teams need him. But I mean, you would imagine there's probably a lot of teams are out of it at this point as well that had Justin Jefferson because that's a tough player to lose when you do have him. Yeah, he's a real tough one to lose. But obviously, you're very excited to get him back. All right, let's get into a couple topics uh, that we want to discuss here. Uh, and it's it's kind of a quarterback driven show uh, this this week here. Kyler Murray. 
Kyler Murray first game back, and there was a, a lot of skepticism on, you know, it's it's new coach, it's his first game back, it's an ACL, what's he going to do? The team hasn't played super well. Is he jiving? He looked fantastic. Like, he looked like his old self. There was that uh, awesome angle of the big run that he had late in the game uh, where it's just falling his helmet around from the aerial view. And, man, like, his footwork looked good. He trusted it. Like, you know, sometimes when guys have, like, knee stuff, you can tell they don't, like, trust it all the way. He It looked like he trusted it. He felt good about it. Moving through the ball pretty well as well. So, the buying window is probably shut now. You know, we, we've talked a few weeks now where, you know, potential buy window on a guy like Kyler Murray, that's shut now. You're going to have to pay whatever you you were going to have to pay before his injury. The, it's back to full price. But all of that being said, the quarterback position has been a really interesting one this year. Where do we put Kyler Murray in this group? Uh, he looked dynamic. He looked. You said it best. He looked like the old Kyler Murray. And it's hill, and you're and you're dead on too about the bio window because you and I are in a league together. It's all UDPL league, the Ultimate yeah. Dynasty Podcast league. It's just a whole bunch of Dynasty Podcast hosts. And I've been trying to sell Kyler in that league. I'm just trying to gain yep. assets. My team's bad. I have no. I have one receiver. I got Noah Brown too, but I got Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'll have the second pick of that. My team's so bad, but I still won't have the first pick. I'll have the second pick. And I'll see if I get Drake May or Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm gonna try and trade back to get Marvin Harrison Jr. We'll see. Because I have Pat Mahomes, I have Kyler Murray, and I have Daniel Jones. Yeah. And, and I got three offers for Kyler Murray in the last two days. And all of them are still, like, offering that buy window. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, like, where's that discount? And I was like, Shouldn't man, Kyler two weeks ago. dynamic. And, you know, the fact that his legs look like old Kyler legs, that's where the juice is. But he had a couple deep balls, too, the, you know. Kyler's always been accurate pushing a ball downfield. So it's just about him is maintaining that health. Uh, if he does, he's a top five, usually overall score in fantasy football quarterback. He gets yep. it done on all facets. He can attack all three uh, phases of the field. So yeah, he's back. And where is he in my overall rankings? I don't know because if Kyler's back, do you want Kyler Murray? Do you want Trevor Lawrence? You know, well, that's like, a good, that's a good point. And Trevor Lawrence, we, we touched on it quickly last week when we were talking about, or maybe it was two weeks ago, we were talking about C.J. Stroud, like is it time to put C.J. Stroud maybe ahead of him? And, you know, we brought up like Trevor has mostly done this on hype. His actual production for fantasy football has not been very good, and he didn't do anything this week to make us feel any better. Now, it was the 49ers, and they have a good defense, so not many players do well, but another game with no touchdown passes, two interceptions. like He just hasn't looked like that guy. So honestly, it's Kyler Murray, and it feels like that should be hard, but pretty easily Kyler Murray for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say easily because I would love to know what's going on here because – we had a bad year of Trevor Lawrence. Um, then we had a good year of Trevor Lawrence. Now we're another bad year of Trevor Lawrence. And for quarterbacks, the the last thing in the world I want is a roller coaster player because that's a player I have to get my lineup every single week. You know, definitely in Superflex, there's not a lot of options on your bench to really rotate through. And if you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence, because even again, you know, a mid-range quarterback two to low-end quarterback two is still a top 70 overall score and player. So you want to get him in there. But even though saying that, that's not enough to be a championship caliber player. So 
I am not necessarily ready to just propel Kyler up there because I, I still will always be worried about the injuries with Kyler just because of the way that he plays the game and his size. But it's really close. I'll, I'll say that. And, you know, when you're looking at quarterbacks right now, like who's the king of the crops? I mean, Josh Dobbs is quarterback seven. Um, CJ Stroud is climbing every single week. Jordan, Lo- Jordan Love, who nobody's going to sit out here and pound the table for that's having a good year. So talking Trevor Lawrence, like just not getting it done. Jordan Love is quarterback 13 on the year. So where are the excuse, like this market's crazy, right? Like Jared Goff is somebody doing like he's a quarterback 12. Brock Purdy's quarterback 11. Um, Sam Howell is quarterback three and leads the NFL in passing yards. It, 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 it's been a really wonky year this year in, in, in fantasy as a whole because Everywhere you look from the receiver, the quarterbacks, it's very weird. If you look at the running back situation right now, I tweeted this out earlier, just like we expected. Raheem Mostert, quarterback, running back two. Brian Robinson, running back six. Rashad Wright, white, running back eight. Zach Moss, running back 11. As we enter week 11, you know, 11 of the season, it's insane. And I feel just as wonky as the quarterbacks. One, we've lost a ton of injuries. Yeah. Guys that we thought were going to take steps forward, Justin Fields has been injured and not taking a big step forward. Trevor Lawrence has regressed. Um, you know, Jordan Love wasn't wasn't great. Uh, and then Joe guys Burrow that had have, a slow start to the year. Joe, yeah, and I'm that's that's moot to me. That means for nothing. sure. But that's why he's uh, at quarterback seventeen right now. Yeah, but still, I mean that does, that doesn't overall value wise it doesn't worry me. But sure, there's a lot sure, of guys sure. you know, like Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. That's that's a value um, somewhat to, to me. Guys that had long term. You know, expectations of Jordan Love. You know, that's somewhat taking a hit. Kenny Pickett uh, and Bryce Young have both disappointed. I mean, at least Kenny Pickett's not turning the football over. You he know, scored but, uh, six points last week in fantasy. I know. He's not great, but he's... A, maybe I, maybe I, you can argue real life, but fantasy, his no, last no three good. weeks are 3.9, 10.3, and 6.6. But I feel like I know Kenny Pickett will be the st- starting quarterback for the Steelers next year. You know what I mean? Like... And that's what I'm talking about. Like jobs are on the line. Like Josh sure. Dobbs might have a job next year. Like Sam mm-hmm. Howell has seemed to like kind of cement himself there in Washington. So Kyler's a very interesting player, but the fact that everything else has been so wonky, that's what's really moving Kyler up. Um, and he's always been, you know, a top, you know, late first startup when he's healthy, um, high second. But I think with that big ACL injury there, that I think that just more cements like, Hey, that, that he's, he could potentially just, be gone at any second. That's any player. But Kyler's just whole demeanor of size just really is a big right. setback. Real quick. So we know Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. All five of those guys clearly ahead of him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then after that, Lamar Jackson, you probably still have ahead of him, right? Yes. Okay. Then we get into this, this range where it gets interesting. Would you rather have him? Or would you rather have, let's go with Dak Prescott, who's played really well the past few weeks. I would take Kyler because of age. Okay. That's close for me. Uh, I'll go Kyler, I think, but it's really close. Uh, Would you rather Tua or? Tua. I think I would rather Tua as well. What about CJ Stroud? Oh, Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. Give Give me the youth and the uncanny numbers he's starting to put up here last two around him uh brock purdy jared goff you'd rather curry uh kyler murray above both those guys right yeah but they're i mean they're they're right behind him sure like 
right behind it. And definitely Purdy, because Purdy's been getting done week in, week out for the most part. I mean, he had a couple couple week window there where the Broncos right lost. Right before the bye. Yeah, lost, he yeah, lost a couple games. Let's see. You know, he came back this week, played well again. He did. And let's we said that we said it as it went to buy, like because we were talking about Purdy a couple of weeks ago, like and we and we were talking like, are we worried about Purdy? And I was like, I want to see Purdy come after the buy. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Him come out of the buy and see if Kyle Shanahan can fix him, which I totally thought he could, and he looked much better. He did. You know, and it, it, in some of those points, you know, with the Debo end around, uh, there's still pretty high ceiling for Purdy. I think I think just in that offense, we've talked about it a thousand times, so I'm not gonna beat a dead horse. Uh, he does offer you know, not just sexiness by name and the way he overall plays, but from fantasy football production, he does offer that juice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so a quarterback that we're pretty familiar with, Deshaun Watson. Terrible start to the season. Injuries, poor performances, all this stuff. The first half of the game this week against Baltimore looked like the same junk that we've seen each and every week. Then something happened at halftime, and I don't know what it was. But he looked like, for a half, the guy that the Browns paid all the money to, all the draft picks for, 14 of 14, basically a perfect second half, and he led the Browns back to a victory against their division rivals. Are we – Is it's a small, very, very small sample size. Are we starting to see Deshaun Watson come back, or was that just – a, a small respite in what's going to continue to be a frustrating year with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think he's coming back. And this is a quarterback that now we've seen multiple times take the second half to overcome. And I saw a good tweet from Cleve TA. C-L-E-V-T-A puts out really good information on Twitter if you're not following him. Um, and here's a tweet he put out. Deshaun Watson is dead last in success rate, 29th in EPA in the first half of games, but in the second half, number two overall quarterback in the year. Wow. Right behind Josh Allen. Right nose number three, Baker Mayfield. Ooh, we'll talk about him in just a second. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think there's just somebody just really starting to find his legs, get comfortable. Every week, you know, he's had to come back. You know, he comes back, finally gets in the groove of things, has his best game as a Cleveland Brown versus Tennessee, gets hurt, misses six games, has to work his way back, comes in this week. Is let you know doesn't look great in that first half. Looks terrible. I'm cursing his name, and then the second half he won the game for. I mean, you know, you, there's a lot of different ways you could say you know the Greg Newsom interception, uh, the defense, but Deshaun Watson made some big time throws and used his legs of old, and he's still trying to get his legs back. And he, on top of that, he left that game in a walking boot as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson's itching his way back. Like he's in that category with Kyler Murray for me, right? Like two guys that still offer that tremendous upside, but like we just want to see a little bit more. And right now there's a couple guys that I might feel a little bit more comfortable with, you know, whether it be like an Anthony Richardson, a CJ Stroud, a Tua Tugavailoa, um, even maybe a Trevor Lawrence just on the youth. But those guys are like, I would say almost in that same tier but just at the bottom of it, right? So, which would kind of put them out, out of the tier because you'd never take them other, above those guys. Sure. So, yeah, I think I think Kyler and Deshaun are two quarterbacks that you could kind of, even Baker, who we're going to talk about next, are like all in that tier that are kind of like, okay, we're just begging to see like a little bit more solid, complete games. And Kyler's fresh back on the streets. Baker's been doing it all year. Not really a roller coaster, uh, 
but also not like the smoothest ride you could have. You know, they're not our Lamborghini sponsor or anything. So no, no Taco yeah, Bell for me, sponsor. I mean, I'm buying all these guys in Superflex, like because they're like they're the guys that can offer you that mid like top six, not number one overall, but like right around top six production. Maybe not Baker because of his legs, but quarterback. Let's just put at quarterback one production consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, when we go back to not scoring 20 points once this year. Uh, that's a huge uh, detriment. When there's an opportunity to buy those guys and not outrageous prices, like a first plus a, a positional player in Superflex, I'm doing that. And out, not, a lot of these guys we talked about, like behind them, like I do believe in enough in Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and Baker Mayfield that they're all buys in Superflex for me. Well, let's let's go ahead and talk about Baker Mayfield then. Uh, Baker has been pretty hot as of late. He has been a quarterback one for four consecutive weeks. He's likely never going to be the top six, top eight type of guy just because you, you said it. He doesn't have that rushing ability. Can he move around a little bit? Can he make a play here and there? Sure. But he's not going to be the kind of guy that's going to put up 60 and 70 yard rushing games. That's just not in his, his skill set. But how far away are we from considering him and where for a long time we had guys like Kirk Cousins? Where we had guys Perfect like example. Jared Goff. Perfect example. Uh, Derek Carr was in there for a while, not as much anymore. But guys that we had right there in that fringe quarterback one, high-end quarterback two, how far away is Baker Mayfield from reaching that range? He Not far. He's there. There's no reaching. He's there for me. Like. Basically, if you want a seven-year younger Kirk Cousins, that's the move, right? Like, a guy who's not going to be overly mobile, but, like, come out there, look good, win you some games. You know, you have a couple duds here and there. We'll throw some picks or, you know, you know not winning a big game. But from a fantasy football standpoint, he's 28 years old. You got, I mean, Kirk Cousins 35. So, if you're looking right. for that window to get younger, and Kirk Cousins was worth a first, you know, for these last couple of years in his mid-30s. I mean... You can argue from like 33 on, 32, 33, he was having his best overall, from a fantasy football yeah. uh, standpoint, his best overall production, where he was always flirting with like quarterback 14, 13. He started running to that quarterback eight, quarterback nine range. So out of all the guys we talked about, the cheapest option is Baker Mayfield because Kyler seems like he's secure. Deshaun Watson's secure in a contract. Baker Mayfield's a free agent after this year. Now, do I think he resigns with the Buccaneers? Absolutely, do because the quarterback market's abysmal. There's nobody out there. Same reason why Josh Dobbs is going to be okay, and and guys like Sam Howell will be okay. Not enough quarterbacks to go around. So, I do think Baker maybe will be back. And I think in a super flex league, if you're a contender, you could probably get Baker Mayfield for a late first. You might have to throw a little couple sprinkles on top of that ice cream, but I'm buying. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, and that's why I wanted to to talk about him in here because I think you know with how things ended in Cleveland, and then the whole experiment in Carolina just didn't really work out. Then all of a sudden he's in L.A. and he actually showed a little bit in L.A. with McVeigh and and uh, Baker was like, you know, that was the first coach that I really felt like actually believed in me and believed in my abilities. And then he's on his fourth team in like a year and a half. And I think people just kind of thought he was washed, and, and understandably so. Quarterbacks that are typically starters do not move teams that many times in that short of a time frame. But 
He's a guy that was the first overall pick, has had at least a decent track record of success in the NFL, uh, better than guys like Sam Darnold and guys like that. So he's had some decent seasons under his belt. And it shows when he has a competent team around him, which I don't think Tampa Bay by any stretch of the imagination is a great team, but it's a competent team with good receivers, an okay line, and, you know, Rashad White, which whatever you want to say about him. Uh, You know, like competent team, not great, not bad, just competent. He's shown that he can be a valuable fantasy football asset and a valuable NFL asset. And that's all he needs to do is just continue to be a valuable NFL asset because you can be a quarterback for the long time in the NFL as long as you can be competent because there's so few competent quarterbacks available. You have 15 to 20 competent quarterbacks and then 10 other guys that you're hoping can end up being that type of level. Yeah, get past the narrative and find the value. And in Superflex leagues, there's tons of value in quarterbacks where they can be had, and and find somebody you could kind of just be, even if it's if it's your quarterback two, low end quarterback one. Th- there's tons of value in the quarterback. And I'll now say it for the 800th time: buy dips on quarterbacks that you feel have you know some value to produce. Like even Jordan Love, you know, Jordan Love's quarterback 13, and he might not be the quarterback in Green Bay next year, but they did give him that other year on that contract, so. There's a lot of other holes that Green Bay has outside outside of quarterback as well. And, and, and this is still his first year starting in the NFL. So these guys need time to grow. Even Baker mm-hmm. needs time to grow. He had to deal with some injuries. He had success. He's gone through a whirlwind. He needs to settle his feet and get that consistency. We we said it, I think, on the last show, like these offenses that need to hold their coaching staffs together, to hold these teams together, to really build something. That's where a lot of success comes. Yeah, there are a couple of quarterbacks to go out there and transcend that. Guys like, you know, what kind of see out of CJ Stroud, really? He's kind of transcended his situation with the talent he has around him. Um, unless they're all coming together at the same time as a perfect storm with the coach, mm-hmm. the, ta- you know, the wide receivers. But you know, like the Pat Mahomes, um, even Josh Allen right now, struggling. Uh, yes. Throw, you know, he has the most turnovers in the league. His receivers are dropping some footballs. He, he, his accuracy is kind of taking a step back here. I'm sure he's missing Brian Dable. Somebody gets fired there in uh, in New York. He'd openly have a, sh- a job back there in Buffalo. So, yeah. yeah, man, Baker Mayfield, I think out of all the quarterbacks we're talking about, the best value, the best bang would be Baker Mayfield. I think the highest upside would be Kyler Murray. Agreed. Yeah, and, and just to kind of put the cherry on top, you mentioned in the UDPL how you had Kyler Murray available. I didn't have the draft assets to go get a guy like Kyler Murray in that league, but I needed a quarterback. So I went after Baker Mayfield, and I gave this – was, this was at the end of October, right after Zach Wilson's uh, big game against Kansas City there. But in that game, uh, you know, people started like, oh, maybe, maybe there's a little something there. So I traded Zach Wilson, and at the time what seemed like an overpay, a second and a third to get Baker Mayfield. And now I'm thrilled that I have Baker Mayfield for that because Zach Wilson is who we thought he was. You gave a second and third for Baker Mayfield. Yes, I gave a second and third uh, for Baker Mayfield. And and to to emphasize it more, the the second wasn't even until 25. So it's not even a second oh, this year. Better. Second and 25, and then a third and 24. So uh, you oh, know he was pretty cheap. He was pretty cheap a few weeks ago. That price has gone up, but it's still probably worth the squeeze. 
It's in it's in that range. And boy, was I wrong on Zach Wilson. I mean, I had him going through the process. He was my number two overall quarterback going in that draft class. And they got drafted number two, yeah. which made me feel like, you know, when that happens, again, kind of like the Devon Achan thing, yeah. where like, I'm like, oh, I'm sitting there like pat myself on the back about Devon Achan. It go just the other way, where like, I had Zach Wilson as my number two quarterback in that draft class, and they got drafted by the Jets, and I still hit him at number two. And he's no Devon Achan. No, so, no, I'll say we, that. So we we we've all had those guys in quarterback out of any position. The toughest one to evaluate because you can see everything on the field, but you never know quite what's going on between the ears. So t- toughest yeah, position to evaluate in all of football. All right, let's get out of here. Let's jump into this nerd herd show. I got to see some of these nerd herd questions. Uh, I'm excited for it. We'll be back next week live and in person with uh, Matt. And then as we get into Thanksgiving uh, weeks, we got a lot of football here. We inch closer and closer to playoffs. The end of the fantasy season's right around the corner, but let's uh let's make this final push. Let's find some good value. Let's make some good trades. If we're if we're good, if we're contenders, let's really start focusing on that championship, right? Like acquiring some depth. Guys like just don't look at the big names. Uh, find some guys, whether it be even a guy like Noah Brown, right? It's just he's riding that hot streak. Find players that are are looking good. The Rashad Whites, the guys that are currently running hot or least in position to produce, let's not be afraid out there and go attack those guys. Let's find guys that could be your wide receiver three, wide receiver four, in case something happens down the ride. Let's be prepared. Let's let's put ourselves in position to attack that ship. If you're rebuilding, offload everything. Like be, this is your time to be super aggressive. Like you've had a lot, a lot of weeks now here to kind of start offloading. And it's hard because people are trying to see where they stand. But now these next couple of weeks are coming along. It, it's no more about, hey, I, I want this. You got to really start focus on here and sooner the better on take what you can get. And that some people might tell you that's a terrible way to play, but the longer those guys are on your roster, the more points you're scoring and you're really taking away from getting that really high value. Cause this year's draft class top four is really want to be right up there to get some elite, you know, franchise changing team changing players. So the quicker you get these players off your roster, the quicker you can get to the bottom, which is where you want to be. And, Again, going back to those contenders, I say this every single year, but don't be afraid to make the small trades. Start grabbing, like find those teams on the bottom and find those guys like the Noah Browns. Find those guys that those guys want to unload that aren't putting up big numbers, maybe they're wide receiver threes, but don't be like, grab a little bit depth for third, fourth round picks. Because you're talking about pick 36, 35, 34 in this rookie class. The odds of that player ever helping your team are almost slim to none. Like that's how low your odds are. So grab some players that can help you People are like, well, he's only going to help me for the next three to six weeks. I would rather have somebody to help me just for two to two to three weeks at all sure. to help me win one playoff game or one more game to get a higher seed than a, to take a chance on some guy that I will probably never even promote off my taxi squad. So you hear that a lot. We're in dynasty like, oh, he's only going to help me out for a couple good weeks. Okay, well, there's only a couple more weeks left in the season, buddy. Like, what else do you need? Go out there, make those moves. You know, we we say it all the time. We 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 value those draft picks a little bit less than most other dynasty sites because the proof is in the pudding, and we're giving those stats over and over. So let's have a good week this week. Come back. Let's have another good injury week. Yes, and we'll, we'll go, talk about week eleven next week. Deuces. <laughs>